Hey team, welcome back to the podcast with myself, your host, Coach Stacy. Today I want to share a little bit about how I got into the coaching world, into the teaching world, um, because this wasn't something that I set out to do. So when I was a kid, I never said I wanted to be a teacher. Um, even in my adult life, it never um, I never really thought, wow, I want to be a teacher. And actually, um, you know, today I think I always circle back to that is, you know, what I am primarily doing because in multiple places in my life, business um, and otherwise, I'm usually a teacher or a coach. I enjoy that role and it's something that I've really, um, something I've obviously fallen into and have a lot of expertise in. So one of the ways I'm sure I could look way back into when I was younger and and find some link to um, where I might have gotten started, but um, we'll just start off with Uh, when I really officially started teaching. I I started off by being an assistant. So in my martial art days, um, a a tradition of martial arts is to uh, help others. So that is really baked into um, how martial art works. So that's actually one of the coolest things too is, you know, when you're a white belt, you just get to be the learner. You just get to be the one that knows nothing and soaks up everything, which I love. I love that idea of just being a white belt. Um, Once you get past that, though, you have people that fall below you in rank. And those are people that you begin to, in some ways, mentor or teach. So obviously, when you're still early on, you're you're just really more of a lead or somebody that they can um, look up to. But when you get into uh, the higher ranks, uh, you're expected to, to now be able to um, help other people improve um, improve at their rank. So it's actually a kind of cool thing. Um, and then when you get so far, you can also, if it's something that you want to do, you can help out in classes. And so the way that you typically start is by assisting uh, one of the instructors, so one of your senior instructors. And a lot of times too, that happens in a kid's class um, because younger people teach uh, do do really well teaching uh, the younger kids. So it's always nice to have younger people doing that. And so that's kind of where I started. So I was um, an assistant instructor for the kids' classes. And I remember, I don't think I was ever really quite officially told what to do. But again, in the traditional martial arts sense, the goal is to really um, be as helpful as possible, to be alert and um, to be proactive um, without having to ask a lot of questions. So I think that's the most, um, an assistant's a great place to start because it starts to give you the ability to multitask a room. It gives you the ability to sense the vibe and the energy. You can start to pick up on problems before they happen because you get to sit, uh, in the case of my, uh, the martial art class, uh, the assistants would, uh, the assistant would sit in the back of the classroom. So like if we had like three rows of kids, you'd have the instructor up front leading. And then I would be in the back while we were doing like warm ups and things like that. So everybody's standing in rows and there's not a lot of movement at that point. So I sit back there and I watch the kids and I see how they're doing. If someone's struggling, I would get up and I'd quietly walk over. Sometimes I'd sit next to them and do the stretches with them if it felt like they were having a hard time focusing. Um, Obviously, if they were having any other major issues, I would try to go over and get them to calm down or focus or, um, you know, whatever it was. And and I always tried to do this in, in sort of an invisible way. But I did this for about two years uh, before I started to instruct a class by myself. 
And during that time, it was just two years of probably, I don't know, dozens of classes a week, observing, watching, uh, looking for those issues. Because if you can catch something early on, so like, let's say you have two kids and you can see them start to make eye contact with each other and you know they're up to no good, you can go over and intervene before it becomes something that's harder to break up or harder to correct. So, um... And, and of course that was starting with kids and, you know, I always say if you can teach kids at various ages, you can really teach anyone because with kids you have to combat, combat with, um, you know, first off, you don't necessarily even know if kids want to be in the class. It could be something that their parents sign them up for versus adults. Generally speaking, they're not doing things like, you know, um, bouncing around and talking to their neighbors and, um, you know, not paying attention to the drills. I mean, of course you have that sometimes, but for the most part, the adults signed up for the class. So they've invested in it and you don't really have to deal with those things with adults. It's a little bit different because the piece you have to deal with is, um, I would say sort of, um, self-consciousness and security. So it makes it a little bit harder when you're, um, you know, sort of inviting them to new challenges. Uh, whereas kids, they're just so malleable and they bounce back from just about anything. Um, so yeah, I started by being an assistant for a couple of years and I just really observed and, and then it got to the point where, um, you know, on occasion I would take small groups when we break the group up, um, I'd take small groups and I would do certain tasks and then eventually, you know, it kind of got to the point where I would do whatever, um, I wasn't even given a specific assignment. I would kind of make up my own drills or, um, you know, whatever I felt was relevant to the class content. Um, I remember being really nervous about doing that and uh, it, it was, you know, the instructor would say, hey, you know, Stacy, do you want to help out with the kids today or whatever? Do you want to take a group? But Do you want to take a group on your own? And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I really want to say no because I'm really nervous to take a group. I just want it to be easy today. Wow. Like, ugh. but you know, I'd say yes because I knew I had to say yes. And I actually, it got to the point where I decided for myself, instead of going through this process of like, you know, feeling nervous about it and, and, you know, wanting to say no, but knowing that I had to say yes, I made a sort of pact with myself and I said, all right, for the next year, I'm just going to say yes. If somebody asks me to take a group, I'm, I'm just going to say yes. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to overthink about it. I'm not going to get nervous and I'm just going to say yes, because eventually all of those yeses are going to turn into me feeling comfortable and it won't feel so nerve wracking. Um, to take a group by myself. So that was kind of where I started taking small groups and then eventually, of course, taking over uh, classes and being, and bring, being the primary uh, instructor. Um, so I did that for, you know, several years and then it became, you know, me teaching older kids and the adults um, as my rank, you know, as I got higher in rank myself and into the black belt ranks, you know, I then obviously could teach the adults much easier. Um so then, uh, you know, I really, I went right from that into the first school that I owned. And from there I was teaching again, kids and, uh, elementary school kids. And then finally, uh, teaching, uh, my women's kickboxing class. And so that's when I took all of the sort of skill sets that I had learned, um, and put those into action with a new type of class plan and curriculum. Um, but what I will say is, you know, teaching and instructing comes from a lot of experience. 
Um, I do think, though, that some people are born natural teachers. Some people have a little bit of a harder time with it, but uh, either way, teaching and, and doing a lot of it is going to make you a lot better because you're going to get more experiences. You're going to you're going to have more situations that you have to um, you know figure out different types of students, different types of learners, different failures, different successes. Um, so you're learning all these things, um, and and hopefully a good instructor, a good teacher, is always trying to figure out how to do their job a little bit better. And your job as an instructor, as a coach, or as a teacher is not just to deliver the content. You have to understand the needs of everyone in your class and do your best to deliver that content in a way that's going to resonate with each person. Um, So this can be difficult because in a fitness class, if you have some people who are hardcore, they work out five days a week, um, you know, they're going to be able to handle a lot more in terms of challenges, um, you know, versus someone who might be really new or, you know, really out of shape or working their way back from an injury. Um, So how do you manage, uh, you know, in my martial art days, we used to say you want to manage their physical abilities and the the their spirit so you know not only like what can this person physically do um, but also what can this person do that will make their spirit feel stronger and not break their spirit down so the goal of any class should be to kind of hit on both of those things so you want to be able to create a class that brings people to you know peak physically so to perform at their best or challenge them physically And at the same time, you want to make sure that you are uh, nurturing and protecting their spirit so that both of those things are increasing at the same time. So uh, what I mean by that is you can challenge people in an entire group um, and you're going to have people fall on different spectrums, but I can I can challenge an entire group uh, for physical movement. But what might happen is if not everyone can succeed or there's not enough progression so that everyone has the ability to feel success, then spiritually people are going to feel bad about their performance by the end of the class. So that balance is definitely off. Um, so I want to make sure that I'm delivering the content and then I'm also delivering it in a, in a way that each person can feel successful, challenged and successful. Um, that's kind of, those are really the two key elements because if it's too easy, um, then there's, uh, less, this less feeling of being, uh, success, successful or less, I, I feel less like I have achieved something in that class, right? If it's too hard, I could leave feeling discouraged and unsure if I want to continue. If I feel challenged, just so that I almost feel like I can't do it and then I'm able to achieve it at the end, then that's the perfect match. And that's where you want to bring each one of your students in every single class that you teach. So the difficulty there is knowing and reading the energy in people um, in an instant. So when they're standing in front of you and you're delivering the material, you need to be able to multitask energies and for you know 
for new people, that's harder because you're still thinking about delivering the content. You're still thinking about being a teacher as um, delivering uh, a message or delivering uh, a lesson, right? Or a class, whatever it is. But it's far more than that. And I think that um, the experience that you have and the path that you use to become a teacher, the, the more classes that you have taught, the more groups you've been exposed to, the better you'll be at being able to read and multitask the energies in the room. It's vital. Um, in order to be a truly inspiring, successful coach, um, I think that you need to be mindful of, of servicing people in both those ways, uh, in their physical abilities in a fitness class, as well as their, uh, their spirit. The same goes if you the same goes is true if you are teaching an intellectual class instead of physical ability or talk about it, talking about intellectual abilities, right? So, um, kind of always want to find that fine line, um, so someone, you know, back in my martial arts days, one of my instructors used to say, you know, when you teach a class, you always want to quickly be able to identify the strongest student in class and the person with potentially the weakest spirit in class. So you're kind of almost identifying your two extreme variables. So the low spirit that you need to bring up and make them feel better about their um, just it could be anything. It could be their day, their spirit, their um, how they feel internally about themselves. Maybe they're going through a rough time. Maybe they're not feeling well. Maybe they're injured. Whatever it is, their spirit is weak at that moment. Um, and then you've got people who are the strongest, and that's going to be the strongest, not only spiritually, but also uh, their bodies are going to feel great. They're, you know, they've got a lot of energy that day. They've, you know, they've been working out every single day that week. So they're feeling pretty good physically as well. So when you identify those two variables inside of your classroom, you're able to now deliver um, to to those two people. And if you are able to hit those two people and deliver a class that gives that person, the person with the lowest spirit and the person with the highest or feeling the strongest, especially physically, you are going to be able to hit everyone else in between. So it's important that you can read the room and then identify those, um, those two people. It may not always be two people, but you know, and it may be the same person. But you, you have to be able to identify uh, who, where everybody is and, and quickly just get a sense of, of you know, the energy level. So um, I, guess that, I, I guess that this episode really turned from when I first teach, started teaching into um, uh, the multitasking of energies in the group. But it is very related because the experience that I have is what taught me what I believe is one of the biggest um, well, challenges, but also one of the most important things that a good coach, a good teacher needs to be able to do in a group setting. Um, so, you know, curi- I'm really curious as to what other people do in their classes. Um, I would love to hear, you know, comments from anyone that's listening, but also, you know, I always keep my mind open and I love taking classes myself, whatever it might be, just to see what the experience is like, just to get a, get a, a feeling for other teachers and coaches and how they manage to hit, um, you know, 
my energy points? What are they doing that I'm I can I can utilize myself because it's something that I haven't really thought of or just a new way of doing something that I've been doing before. So always being that white belt yourself or being a new person in, in a class that you're unfamiliar with the curriculum, that's a great way to be a better teacher. So all right, people, I hope you have a great rest of your week and I'll see you on the floor.